Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, it's Ruben J once again saying thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of On Air with Ruben J. I want to take a quick second before we jump into today's episode uh, to quickly just ask you that when you do your Amazon shopping, that you start over at multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon. Let me tell you why. When you do that and you click on the banner that's there, it will take you to an Amazon website. In the URL will be a code that links back to this podcast. And that means that when you shop there, we get a small percentage of what you spend. So you spend $100, we get a couple bucks off of that. It does not impact the price of the products that you are buying. It's an easy way to support the podcast without putting money out of your pocket. So if you head over to multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon and click on the banner, do your shopping there. It helps the podcast out without costing you a dime. And I appreciate all of the support. And also follow me on social media at the Ruben J that's on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's episode. Hey, it's Ruben J. You're listening to On Air with Ruben J. I'm super excited for this week's episode. I'm super excited to be here. And I know what you're saying. Hey, you're a little late. And yes, I am. I was uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> I am unfortunately uh, fighting cold. So I took yesterday, uh, the day that I would have recorded uh, this portion of the podcast and decided to, to take some time and, and relax and rest and not push myself too far over the limit. And then uh, I woke up this morning ready to um, record more and decided, you know what, I'm going to give myself a little bit more time to rest. And uh, even now, I don't feel the best. Um, I do feel like I'm pushing myself a little bit, so I'm not going to do a very large intro or very large uh, outro of this podcast. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw to this week's episode. I'm really excited for this this conversation. It's, It's months in the making. I've been talking to Cassie's team for quite some time, and I'm glad that we were able to finally get something on the books and recorded. So with no further ado, here's my conversation with former contestant of The Voice, Cassie Joy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers and select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details. Oh boy, I'm excited for this one. Uh, this one's years in the making, I, I, I feel like. And uh, first and foremost, I want to apologize to you because we had something on the books and then uh, my body decided to completely uh, give up and uh, I ended up having to go to the hospital. So uh, I apologize for... <laughs> Are you okay now? Yeah, I am I am perfectly fine now. It was a weird stomach thing and uh, the doctors were able to, f- after a week, we're finally able to figure out what it was and, and we were able to, to get it treated. So I'm good. But uh, I just want to apologize for the last-minute cancellation last week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Cassie Joy is joining me. She's a former contestant on The Voice, and she's been releasing music like crazy, good music like crazy. Uh, Cassie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, to be back. Yeah, you know, this is this is awesome. I was literally just listening. And I'm going to make fun of myself here for a second because I was listening to uh, the podcast we did back in 2017, uh, I believe it was right after you were off the, you know, right after you were eliminated from the voice. And, and, and to this day, I still, there's, there's a handful of y'all that, that got eliminated really early in the competition that I'm just like before the lives. And I'm just like, these are, tra- you know, travesties and you're one of them um, that I, I think you would have done. I think if you would have gotten to the live rounds, you would have done an amazing, even, even more of an amazing job. Um, but I, I was listening to the, the podcast that we did originally and I put my foot in my mouth and, and you probably don't remember this, but I was trying to compliment your, your work history at 27 saying that you, you had done a lot. And I said, you had done a lot. Of, you, had, you had a lot of work done. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just started cracking up listening. To that. I'm like, that's something that I would say. Uh, but uh, you've had a lot of work done. Sis. <laughs> uh, so, you know, cause I was, I was complimenting you cause you know, you you were, you know, you're 27 and you had a huge resume. You still have a huge resume and you continue to add to it. And, and, and I say that. So with that being said, uh, in the last four, four and a half years or so, uh, what have you been up to? I know you've been releasing some music and you, you, you're killing it and your social media game is on, on fire right now. Uh, what have you been up to these last couple of years? Yeah, a lot has changed. Um, so since the voice and everything, um, my husband and I were full time on the road going crazy, just touring nonstop. And it just got to be where it was like, why are we still paying for a house in Nashville or a house in Kansas City? And we're never home at either of them. So we just decided to put wheels on our home and buy a 45 foot tour bus. And then um Right after we bought that, COVID struck, and we did lockdown in the bus for two, three months. I can't even remember how long it was anymore. Um, And then once that kind of lifted, we went on a campground tour. Um, That was one of the only venues that was open and accepting, you know, humans, and we were able to be socially distanced and all that. So it really worked out. But my goodness, we've been super busy for, for the last few years. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that that I love about what you do is, you know, the music that you release 
tells stories. You know, it's not just the typical country song. Like we dove deep into your album last time you were on here. Uh, and I think you mentioned something like, Oh my God, you actually listened to this. And I was like, cause I was quizzing you on like lyrics and stuff. And I, I've, I've loved everything that you've put out uh, in, in the last little bit. Um, let's start with the, the song that's out now. Uh, it's, you know, your most recent release senses fail. I was listening to that on the way in to the to, back to my house here. And uh, you know, it, it, it tells a really interesting story and i want to get your you know pick your brain about this a little bit um and if you can explain to us kind of what the story behind that song is um because it is it's a beautiful song you just you sing incredibly on it so tell me a little bit more about uh the new song senses fail yeah so that one um it's kind of a darker song i guess uh for typically for me um but I was, I was at a family function at my parents' house and, um, it was super weird. My, my niece came in and I think she had, you know, like she smelled like men's cologne. She was like out with her boyfriend before our family Christmas or something. And I caught a whiff of this like old cheap cologne and was like, boom. And I got this, this song line, the lyrics and the melody all came at the same time. And I was like, oh man, I have a song right now because I was totally transported back to this memory that had happened, you know, 15 years ago. And I think so many people have those moments where they, I call it a census fail moment where, you know, your head and your heart is over something, but you know, your, your senses are what sticks to those memories and what, what holds onto those memories. So you could hear a song or smell a candle or what have you. And you're, you're transported back to something you swore you totally forgot about. Yeah, you know, and, and it's the music video. I, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't, have, I didn't have time to like dive into the music video, but it kind of starts painting a little bit of that story. Um, how important is storytelling to you as a songwriter and as a singer? Because, I, you know, I feel like there there are times where artists mm-hmm. that I've I've worked with in the past or have done interviews with, you know, uh, they aren't as connected to certain songs because it's a story that they maybe don't connect with or they didn't write. Uh, but how important is that for you? And how important is it to ha- be connected to the songs that either you know, you, you, you collaborate with, or, or someone sends you something, you know, how important is storytelling to you? Yeah, it's super important to me. Um, you know, I think that's one of the, the most important things about country music and how to, you know, stay true to its actual roots is the storytelling part of it. And I grew up singing all the storytelling songs like Harper Valley PTA, um, and fancy by Reba. So, you know, I get really into those stories. And I almost like become a chameleon when I, you know, sing some of those songs on stage. So when I write my own music, um, I never want to write anything that's just surface level because, you know, for one songwriting to me is healing and it's therapeutic and I want it to do something for me and I want it to do something for other people. So I think having a, having a story to really like sink your teeth into is what's, you know, so cool about music and storytelling and relating to other people too. Yeah, and that's that's huge. I think that storytelling is is key. Um, that or, or painting a really good picture of, of what you're doing. So I listen to a lot of rock music, and you kind of get a little bit of, of either storytelling or, or, or picture painting in that world. Um, you know, but but with what you do, you know, I I would assume that you get a lot of people coming up to you and telling you their stories of how that song maybe hit them. Uh, is there anything in particular with maybe Senses Fail or even your other, your, your smash hit, I believe, uh, uh, Namaste, uh, either one of those, like, do you get any stories from, from, you know, people come to, 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 to listen or, or even on social media? 
Yeah. And actually with census fail, um, I had already shown a couple of my friends and some family members this song while I still had it as a demo. So I, you know, went in on my computer and added all my little fake drums and stuff to just kind of get a vibe for it, to be able to bring to my producer when I brought it to the studio. And so I had played this super rough cut for, you know, a few people and none of them thought that it was about what it was about for me. And that was almost a goal of mine. Once I kind of heard that like, oh, so it's, it's not this to you, to one of my friends, it was about, you know, her estranged relationship with her mother. And so then when I, you know, kind of honed in on the rest of the song, I was like, you know, for me, I want to make this specific and call out this specific road and and all this. But then I didn't want to take that away from the possibility of it being already so perfect for somebody else's story. So I kind of left it open-ended um, because of that reason. So, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I want to dive deeper into uh, Cassie Joy, the, the songwriter, um, you know, because I, I feel I've seen videos of you performing. You're having a blast on stage. That's, you know, for the most part, that's pretty self-explanatory is, you know, musicians have a blast performing. I feel like a lot of musicians, that's their favorite place to be is on stage, you know. Um, for you, the, the, the songwriting process, tell me a little bit about, you know, like you were talking about Senses Fail, that you, you got this whiff of a, of a cologne that brought you back to a memory that inspired you. What's the next step for you? Do you do you pull out your phone and, and write, you know, say the idea into your, your voice memos? Do you, you know, I've, you know, I, I had a, one of my favorite singer-songwriters on the show uh, a couple months back, and, and he was talking about how he was having, you know, a little bit of a, a little alcohol, you know, moving, you know, playing around on the, on the guitar and you just play this riff that he just had to chase down. What's that next step for you once you're, you're inspired by, by an idea or a thought that gets you like, oh, that's, that's a song idea? Yeah, I, it pretty much depends on what is closest to me. If it's a post-it note or a napkin or my phone for voice memo or for census fail, I was at my parents' house. And so I ran over to uh, my grandma's old piano that's a little out of tune. And so it sounded super like spooky when I started playing census fail. Um, and so that one, like even the voice memo, you can hear my family like, I think it was family Christmas going on in the background and I'm like, and writing that just a little bit. So lately it's been a lot on piano. Um, but sometimes, you know, even if I learn a new finger picking pattern or a new pretty guitar voicing or something, then that kind of will inspire me to write a song off of that. So it can, it's always different. Yeah. I I love, you know, the 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 process of writing a song i love hearing the storytelling of it because i don't I, i've written one song in my life uh and it was terrible and <laughs> i'll never i'll never uh release the words uh to that <laughs> but, but you We've know all got them. <laughs> you know we all have ideas and I, I feel like a lot of us who are not um gifted in that aspect of being able to tell story through songwriting are kind of obsessed with this idea of songwriting. So I, I would love to, to know kind of for, for you in general, is it an idea that like then you chase down a melody or do you have like a lyric idea or is it, you know, sometimes a little bit of both. Cause sometimes I feel like I hear things. I'm like, man, that'd be a great song title. And then I feel like that would be my process of working from what I would think would be a good song title and then working backwards and finding the lyrics and the music to it. What's, what's that norm, normally on a, on a, like on a good day? What's that for you? 
Yeah, a lot of times I'll start with a song title, but actually I think more often I'll come up with like a hook with a melody or at least just a melody. So just, you know, like for Namaste, I, you know, it was Namaste right here. And and so that's all I had. So, and then we wrote from there. So sometimes it's, it's just a melody with a cool rhythm and a lot of, and then I'll kind of put words to it as we go. And sometimes that's the hardest part. It's like, you have this melody and this rhythm and you're like, now what's the dang song going to be about? What does this (laughs) make you feel? And like for that one, it was like beer. (laughs) That's awesome. You know what's 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 really cool is I uh, I stumbled upon some dem like early demos of uh, a band called Switchfoot. They they released uh, a bunch of their their demos, and I, I went and I just kind of listened to them on YouTube, and I was comparing them from like from the 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 demo stage to the final product and how you know like. 90% of it's all the same and then they change one of the courses completely and you're just like dang this would have been a whole different song if they would have just released it in the version of the demo uh do you right. do you find yourself ever like going back to your demos and being like huh maybe I should re-release this as you know like this version of the song yes um there's um actually one of my songs dandelion that was on my first ep that was thank you i think that was like six years ago now um that one the demo was um i it was just me playing it on piano and just some light guitar chords and it's just a much more intimate vibe to that and those are some of the it's it's one of the songs that I'm most proud about the lyrics um and I wrote that one alone so I I would really love to redo that one and make it more intimate um and just let those lyrics kind of shine a little bit more I would I would love for you to do that I think that I think that's a great thing to let people into that that process you know which is it's one of the things I love about watching you know when when artists or bands put out those like behind the scenes videos of like them in the studio and trying to work out the 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 arrangements and stuff I love I love watching that because I feel like I have a little bit of of skin in the game after watching those things um let's talk about namaste because that's that's a a huge song for you. I think it's probably one of the ones that uh, created some really big headlines for you. Uh, I believe last year when you released it. Um, tell me about th- about that song because I actually, you know, when I first saw the title, I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna be talking about yoga, isn't she? Uh, and, yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, such a chick thing to do. And I, I kind of put off <laughs> listening to it, and then I finally listened to it. And I'm like, damn, she did. She did what with that? Okay, all right, cool. So tell me a little bit about that song. Yay! Um, yeah. So. I'm going to go out on the record and say this. So Bri, my husband, Brian, um, he and I were in the car together and he swears that Namaste was his idea. (laughs) I don't remember how it came about, but we're talking about this, you know, Namaste right here. And then we got through the drink this beer and then we knew it was going to be and go somewhere. So then I ended up, I was like, this is a fun song. I don't want to like sit with myself in my feels 
and try to write this song. So I don't even know where it's going yet. And, you know, writing fun songs is not fun by yourself as much as it is to co-write. So I brought in um, my two good friends, uh, Michelle and Zach Horde. And Zach is actually my guitarist for my band, the Joy Boys. And so we wrote that together over a couple, maybe a few bottles of wine. And it was such a fun co-write. And we ended up being like, you know, none of us had gone through a divorce or a custody battle. So we're like, how can we relate to this? Let's have a custody battle over the bar when they break up. And so it was just such a fun, different path to take it on. I, and I love that, you know, because, you know, I, I'm listening to this and you're talking about, you know, splitting up the property and, you know, you get this and I get that. And, but the bar, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fight for that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, and I loved it because it's, you know, it's also a very country thing to fight over, you know, like it's the most country song ever. I mean, it starts with, I get the dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake Shelton would be happy about that one. Cause you know, he names the dogs apparently. Um, speaking of Blake, um, let's talk about your time on the voice a little bit because I, you know, while that was quite a while ago, uh, I'm sure you're still using stuff that you learned during that, uh, what I like to call a hurricane of, of a process. Uh, have you have you looked back and like seen, oh, I learned this on The Voice, right? This is something that I picked up from somebody who I, I was working with or happened to be sharing a stage with at some point. What's, what you know, because I think it's been, what, five years since you were on The Voice? A little bit longer than that? Four or Four, five. Somewhere around there. Uh, so it's been a while. What so, is time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, have you have you had the chance to look back and kind of get in the, into the the retrospective of, of the, your time on The Voice? Yeah, um, I definitely still use a lot that I learned. Um, one of the main ones is I still use the vocal warm up that you get because you get your private vocal coaches. Um, you know, the, the coaches in the chairs aren't the ones that coach you as much as <laughs> it looks like. Spoiler alert. Um, you ruined the whole show I for me. Yeah, but I worked with Tamara Beattie, uh, you know, behind the scenes on vocal stuff. And I still use this warm up daily from her. And, you know, the little straw trick that she taught me saved my life, saved my voice. And I still use that. Um, and just a lot of the, you know, branding awareness, I guess you'd say that they teach you of, you know, just how to be a brand as an artist um, and how to kind of, you know, stay in your lane, but not pigeonhole yourself and still be able to push boundaries um, within that. Yeah, you know, I, I love, you know, I, I, I love my, you know, I, have, I haven't worked with the voice now for three years or whatever it's been, but I, I, I love my time there because I got, I got to learn so much about how these shows actually operate and I got to meet people like you and, and, you know, and some incredible people over, over the years I've been able to call friends. Um, what's, what's your favorite thing that you maybe um, got out of that experience? Because I, I think that, you know, a lot of times what people don't realize is, you know, Blake Shelton isn't calling you you know, usually after you're eliminated, you know, uh, there are times I actually, I believe it's contractually, they're not allowed to contact you, you know, for a certain amount of time. And, you know, sometimes they'll be able to get you on tour or whatever, but you know, a lot of times the biggest thing that people take away from it are like the vocal techniques or the connections. What's your favorite part of, of your time on the voice? Um, I think, well, I mean, the experience to be able to sing on a stage like that. Like I'm all about stages and audiences and like how many people can I sing in front of. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just to get to be able to do that and to get, 
that high level of training, you know, you're getting choreography, you're getting wardrobe, hair and makeup, media training, social media training, like how to interview. I mean, it's like boot camp for, you know, if you're trying to be an A-lister at some point. So just to gain all that knowledge was totally priceless. Now, do you, do you feel that people, uh, you know, maybe not so much now, this has been a couple of years, but did you have any trouble breaking through that barrier of being a former voice contestant or did it open doors for you? Cause I, I feel like I've heard both sides of the coin where people are like, yeah, I couldn't get an agent or I couldn't get a meeting with a manager after I was on American Idol or the voice. And other people are like, dude, I got, I was able to go tour with all these different artists because of my time on the voice. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it's, there's nothing that's been negative since. Um, it's still definitely like at the forefront of when people hear, hear my name or, you know, if they do know me, it's from the voice and they, they want to talk about that. And I've, I've even put it in my stage spiel that, you know, before I come off stage, I know what you guys are going to ask. And I'm going to tell you all about Blake Shelton before, because I know everything they're going to ask. They want to know how tall he is. What's he smell like? What's in his cup? What, what was he like to work with? You know, all of that. And so I just pre answer all of that so we can like move on to, you know, other stuff at some point. Um, I don't even remember what the question was now at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it was, uh, you know, if you've had any trouble, you know, since the voice, but it seems like you're having, you know, no negative thoughts. So, or negative experiences, which is good. Um, Right. And for just doors. So nothing bad to say here. Yeah. And and for the record, um, it depends on the day of the week on what's in Blake's cup um, and and what he's doing after the show. So uh, we'll, we'll let you all uh, continue to guess on that. Uh, so what's, what's, you know, I feel like music has changed a lot since the last time we, we chatted, you know, um, I feel like labels these days are focusing more on singles and EPs as opposed to albums. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like most social media driven musicians, which again, your social media is, is on point and I, I love seeing all the stuff that you're posting and it's always something fun. Um, are you? are you purposely trying to match that same kind of business model with, you know, uh, what seems like quarterly or, or biannual releases for you? Cause it doesn't seem, you're not releasing music, you know, every month, but you're releasing music a couple times a year and you're doing a music video. Uh, is, is an album in the plan? Like, are you working on an album? Is that, an, is that a goal of yours or are you specifically just trying to, to create some headlines every couple of months with the, with the video and, and a, and a song release? Yeah, um, it definitely started out as just, um, you know, I had some new songs and I had some new ideas and just wanted to get back out there with new music. Um, And so I was, yeah, releasing singles every two to three months um, since last March, I think. Um, But now I would like to, um, you know, get an EP in the works um, or an album, but I'm definitely leaning more towards an EP. And, um, you know, I still do pretty well with physical CD sales and physical merch at my shows, um, which is amazing. Um, and so I've been wanting to get, you know, a physical new EP together where I can have poor angel and the money and namaste and then some new songs that nobody has heard yet. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I love what, again, I I love a lot of what you do and, and the coverage that you get is actually pretty incredible. 
Um, you know, you were, I think you were, I think CM, CM, uh, CMT music, uh, did an exclusive with you. I think Yahoo has done some stuff with you over the last couple of years, which is, uh, pretty, pretty incredible considering again, it's been years since you're on the voice. And I didn't even know about that. Like I seriously, like, don't judge me. Now this is going to be recorded, but I Googled myself and saw like on MSN and Yahoo, like Namaste was on there. And I was like, mom, <laughs> that's in- incredible. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, what's funny is as you were saying, you know, you're merch and stuff i'm looking at your at your merch site site right now and, and it's like on point with, with the stuff that you're putting on here um, thank you a little myself nice a little too feminine for me so i don't know if i'm gonna be buying a, a t-shirt but i'm definitely gonna be buying some music hey, and to the namaste shirt isn't pink it's raspberry <laughs> I think I'd rather it be pink, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause I, you know, I have a, a shirt that is pinkish, but it's, it's with salmon. And salmon. when, when, you know, when women say, Oh, your, your shirt, it's salmon. I'm like, no, it's pink. Just call it yeah. pink. I'd rather it be pink. Oh, than yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just own it. Um, so w- one of the things that I like to, to ask about is, is, you know, the onstage, uh, portion of it, you know, a lot of people maybe who are listening to this haven't had the chance to go and see you live. Uh, what's one thing that people can can look forward to if they happen to be able to be in the area uh, where you are performing? Which, by the way, you can go over to to CassieJoy dot com, uh, and her tour dates are on her website. You're, you're going to be out in Arizona here pretty soon, or near yeah. Arizona, near me, so I might I might drive out there for that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, what what can people expect for from a live show from you? Oh. Pretty much expect the unexpected. Um, I always make a set list. I don't always follow it. Uh, Sometimes people will yell out things in the audience or I'll expect it to be an older crowd. And then I get there and there's a bunch of eight year olds. So then I need to throw in some, you know, younger stuff or even if it's, you know, people are bringing their babies and I got to throw in some baby shark. So I'm just kind (laughs) of always on the fly and my poor band. I'm just always like, do you guys know this song? Throw it in there. The kids will love it. And, you know, um, and then of course my original music, I'm still, of course doing blue at every show probably till I die which I still love to sing that song and then um, of course some other yodeling as well can't forget the yodeling gotta teach the kids about it yeah and that's that's one thing that I, I learned about you last time we chatted is that you, you you're, you're a yodeler and that's that's interesting to me because that's such a I feel like it's such a lost art you know um, I think the only person I know who, who did that on the mainstream level I believe was June Carter uh, was she a yodeler as well? I'm not sure if I've heard her yodel, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Good. Uh, yeah, I mean June Carter. You know, that's that's one thing I was going to say to you as well as I was listening to Census Fail earlier, and I got a very June Carter esque vibe uh, in the oh, beginning yeah. of that song, uh, and I love June Carter. I think she's uh, underrated. Um, yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Speaking of June Carter, let's talk about females in country music because I feel like um, females in country music, they're finally starting to get a little bit more of a, of a, of a shake. And it's not just Carrie Underwood. It's Maren Morris. It's uh, Carly Pierce. It's um, uh, what's her name? She was on The Voice. Oh, gosh, the blonde girl. Um, she, was, she was the fifth coach. I forgot her name. Um, but but it, I'm feeling like she, she was like a uh, – you know what? I'm going to Google it right now because she was called the fifth coach. And I'm going to be st- feel stupid uh, when <laughs> Kelsey Millerini. Uh, oh. Yeah. How did I not know that off the top of my head? Um, you know, I, I feel like women are finally getting their 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 due justice in country music. Um, do, do you feel like that makes it harder for, for you? Because now, you you know, you have – you know, again, all the women just named as potential competitions, or is it opening up a door for you? Because it's really cool to be a female country artist right now. Right. Yeah. It, it definitely could be seen as competition. Um, but I see it as, you know, now it's not going to be so crazy to expect that us women get radio time and more of these big tour spots and that you don't have to be on a duet anymore with a man to be able to be on country music. Like, I think I heard Miranda Lambert saying that one time that like, well, I just had to get on a, a duet with Jason Aldean to be on the radio again, you know? And so it's, it's just, it, it's nice that that stigma isn't going to be there as much and that people have been so loud about it. So you can't, you know, turn away all these incredible females anymore. Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows there was a problem now, so it has to be fixed, which is awesome. Yeah, and and the the amazing thing about it is, you know, these women who are just dominating right now, they're they're releasing really good music too. Like Maren Morris has become one of my f- absolute favorites. Like she's a guilty pleasure because I don't know if I want to be like admitting to people that I'm listening to Maren Morris and yeah. talking about her her you know her 80s Mercedes and all that stuff. But I love it, and, and it's it's such a good it's good country music. And again, you're putting out good country music, and Carrie Underwood is is ki- has always killed it in country music. Right. Um, so it, it, that helps, I think. You know, because I feel like you know when I feel like for women in particular, it's there's always an extra eyeball. Well, I guess in this case, an extra ear listening and judging everything that you guys do. And if it's if it's good but not great, y'all get judged for it. And I think that's unfair. Um, right. And when it's when it's great, you know they they look. People usually look for excuses as to why it's so great. Exactly. Um, yeah. Now, I heard. Of, oh, go ahead. No, you go. Go for it. Oh, I was just, I heard a quote the other day that I was like, oh, um, someone said, you know, women have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I feel like that's absolutely changing, which is amazing. But I do feel like sometimes in the country music industry, you know, we have to be talented, super nice and smile and be like 
amazingly pretty with a perfect body and all this stuff. And now I do feel like that stigma is changing a little bit and we're getting, you know, so many different beautiful women, um, you know, just in the industry in, in their own fun, quirky ways. And it's not your, your cookie cutter, um, image that, you know, we used to be so used to, which is so great and such a breath of fresh air. Like we can all just breathe again, you know? Yeah. Just, you know, I, I've always been a big proponent of just, just, you know, judge the artist for what they produce, not how they look or how they, you know, obviously if they're being, you know, a-holes like judge them for that. But you know, like if they're, yeah. everyone has a bad day, you know, and if somebody doesn't want to stop and take a picture with you, you know, like don't call them every name in the book because you know, they're late to a meeting and, and they didn't want to, you know, couldn't stop for a second. You know, it's just, it's, right. it's insane. Sometimes some of the stuff that, that y'all have to go through just, just to, to make it, uh, yeah, we're in the, in the final portion here of the interview. Uh, it's Cassie Joy joining me right now, uh, CassieJoy.com. Um, what what streaming platform do you prefer people to listen to your music on? Because I know some people like Spotify because, you know, it, it's, you know, there's all the different playlists that you can get on. Other people like myself, I like Apple Music. Is there one that you prefer as an artist? Um, yeah, I would say Spotify probably. Um, but honestly, anywhere that you want to listen my, to my music, is great. Um, all of my stuff is on YouTube as well. That's where all of my, um, music videos are and all the lyric videos. And I've been making them myself. I'm super proud of them. So please go watch them a lot of times. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, um, just, just a side note, this is an interesting thing. I saw, um, it was a meme, but I, I, I would be curious to see how true it actually is that basically buying one physical album, you know, from an artist was equal to like 5,000 streams of, of their, their music. Um, do you, do you feel like that's somewhat accurate? Uh, you know, just kind of on base numbers, because obviously you make a lot more money off the physical sale, but do you think it's that big of a, of a, of a difference? So I, th- I think the math, um, what I most recently heard it at was that, 1 million streams on Spotify gets you around $4,000. Jesus. It's not great. Anyone who's listening to this right now who doesn't understand, you know, doesn't know the cost of making music, you'd be lucky if that covered one song. Like from, from just, I mean, just the, not even counting the music video that you might put into it and all the marketing expenses to it. Like just the, the engineering alone could cost you six or $7,000 on a bargain. Uh, that's insane. Right. And so it's, it's hard to make money back on putting out the actual song because you know, yeah, you're, you're spending money to produce it in the studio and cut it. And then you're spending hopefully just as much to market it. Then you're doing a music video. Then you're paying someone to make a lyric video unless you're me. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, you get, a couple pennies back on the song. So that's why touring and merchandise is so important. And that's why the whole COVID thing and lockdown and no touring was so like, what do we do for so many musicians? Yeah, that was, you know, you know, I felt for people like, like you who were, you know, I, I like to call them, you know, kind of hand to mouth musicians where like you go out and work and you make your money for the, you know, for the night or whatever, you know, the big mega stars like, like Blake Shelton, Carrie Underwood, whatever, 
they themselves were fine. I felt bad for their crews, you know, who had to sit home uh, after, you know, tours were canceled. And uh, all that to say, I, I want to encourage people to go to, to, to CassieJoy.com, hit up her store. Uh, she's got a bundle on her, her music, it looks like. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, a little bundle of joy. Yeah, bundle of joy. A four-CD a four bundle for uh, for 10 bucks a pop, pretty much, 40 bucks. Uh, and grab a T-shirt while you're there because uh, helps help these musicians out, man. I mean, it, it ain't going to – it's going to cost you a couple bucks, but it's going to be well worth it because it's going to help her – uh, make some more music for y'all. Yeah, um, and they're soft. Yeah. Well, that's also very important. I I've heard, uh, <laughs> uh, Hey, real quick here. Uh, we're wrapping up here in just a second, but I, I want to ask you a couple more, um, kind of offbeat questions here. Um, what's, what's one artist that people would be surprised that you listen to like, like a guilty pleasure, uh, for yourself. Guilty pleasure. Ooh, well, Drake. Really? Yeah, that's always my pump-up jam before the show. I've got, like, my four songs that I listen to going to shows. I've got Drake, Money in the Grave. I did Something Bad by Taylor Swift. Glorious by Macklemore. Um, and then sometimes I'll even throw in some Under Oath, some Screamo. Oh, man. That's a, that's a very interesting playlist for... I get crazy. And then I walk on stage and yodel. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, then play, you know, country music and yodel for however long that you perform for. Um, You walk into a bar. um, What's your what's your go to drink to be able to judge the bar? Oh, to be able to judge the bar, probably a margarita. Okay, but usually my go to drink is either a Red Bull vodka or a Jack and Diet. Okay, there you go. You can't really mess those up. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way, you know, when it comes to Mexican food. I I feel like if you go in and you get like an enchilada uh, and the rice and beans, if if the enchilada isn't good, you you can tell right away if the the restaurant as a whole is good. Um, Right. You've been traveling a lot this last, uh, this last year at least. Um, What's, what's been maybe your, your go-to food on the road? Like, like, like a place that if you see it, you have to stop there. Oh, well, lately we've been doing a lot of um, Oklahoma and Texas states. Nice. And somewhere else that we just went down through that area. I can't even remember where we've been lately. But we've been having a lot of Whataburger. And I am on the train now. I wasn't at first. And then I got that mushroom and Swiss. Okay, so speaking of, of, of Whataburger, uh, put that up. Have you had an in and out out here in California? I don't think so. I thought that there was one in Nashville, but maybe I'm, I'm thinking cookout, I think. So I, or cook. Yeah. So I don't think I've had it. All right. Uh, do you have any plans to be in, in, in LA anytime soon? Not on the books yet, but I would love to. Okay. When you come out to LA, uh, your first in and out burgers on me and we're going to film. it. Okay. We're going to film it. And then I, I'm going to need you to compare, uh, in and out to Whataburger because I haven't, I haven't had Whataburger yet. I hear it's better than In-N-Out, but I, the one time that I was in Texas that I was able to go, I put it off until I got back to the airport, and I got to the airport too early. They were closed, so I uh, no. was not able to try it. Um, last but not least, um, what is probably the strangest interaction uh, with, with, a, with a fan? Um, 
one time I was at Walmart, my favorite place ever. I love Walmart. And it's, I know, like everyone's going to judge me, but it's like Disneyland for me. I love me some Walmart. Um, so I'm at Walmart one day and I go into the restroom. And so, so I'm in the stall and somebody runs in after me and is like, are you Cassie Joy? And I was like... Yes, but then, like I'm so excited. But then she's like banging on the door, oh, no. and I'm, like up on the stove. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I'm so flattered. It was just a little much. A little much, yeah. You know what? What's what's funny is um, I've had encounters with people in public like that, uh, where like you know when I was working with the voice actually it was funny i was i used to get to the studios really early and go outside there's a, there's a starbucks like right across the street from there because you know la you know if you don't leave two hours early to get there an hour early you're going to be late no matter what oh. um and so I'm, I'm sitting at the starbucks and I'm, I'm i just see somebody walk in and i'm watching them and they're going they, they walk to the bathroom i'm like i think that's josh henderson who's, who's an actor uh he played a J.R. Ewing, uh, J.R. Ewing's son on the Dallas reboot. Oh, and uh, talking about that show. What happened? I was just talking about that show. Actually, that's weird. Da- Dallas is an incredible show. Both the yeah. the remake and the original, incredible shows. Um, and and I was like, I should go and see if that's actually him because he and I had just talked like the weekend before. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to wait. I'm gonna wait till he gets out of the bathroom, and then he comes out and sees me, and he's like, like looks at me, and we were able to like we. We vibed across the way and we went outside and talked, but like, yeah, oh, yeah. But don't, don't follow people in the restrooms, uh, is, is the moral of the story. That's a little scary. Uh, right. Cassie joy. The song is census fails out now. Um, head over to her website, Cassie Links will be in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, is there anything else that you want to, you want to chat about real quick before, before we sign off or you, uh, I think, I think we covered everything that's important. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else. Um, be sure to just follow me on all the socials. I'm on TikTok now. I'm doing all the the TikToks and reels, and so you can see so much weirdness. Um, that's it. where all that goes now. Now I have an outlet for that. Love it. What's what's your TikTok handle? Um, everything is just at Cassie Joy Music. Perfect. And it's like casino without the no. Add a joy. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid, but you'll remember it, and it works. That needs to be on a T-shirt. If, if, I know. if not for anything other than just for 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 me, because I love yeah, that. Yeah, for reference, <laughs> I'll wear it and be like, "This is my name." In case you're wondering, you don't have to follow me in the bathroom to ask me if it's me. It, it is me. You know it's me. You read my shirt. Uh, Cassie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast.
I loved that conversation with Cassie Joy, Jim and Jay here. Hey, uh, on the out of this podcast, again, like I said uh, earlier, I'm not pushing myself too much, so I'm not going to uh, do a long outro here or talk about anything other than uh, a couple of plugs. Um, but first and foremost, uh, at the Ruben J on Instagram, follow me at on air with Ruben J on Instagram, follow the podcast at the Ruben J on TikTok as well. Make sure to follow me there. I'm super excited to be doing stuff over there with that. I'm out. I'll see you guys next week with a throwback interview. Bye-bye. Lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.